Welcome to the Movie Planet Season 4, Episode 21. This week we talk about 1987's Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. With Joe. Gotcha, didn't I, you little sucker? <sighs> Groovy. And Sam. Oh, Blow your butt, the kingdom come! Then let's head down into that cellar and carve ourselves a witch. I'm your host, Joe, and with me is the Ashley's hand to my Ash, good Sam. Good morning. How are you, buddy? I'm good. It's good to see you again. It's good to see you, too. It's, it's been, been a week. We had a week off because we yeah. got staggered this thing, but how did it feel having two weeks to watch this movie as opposed to one? Honestly, if it flew by, I watched it last night after <laughs> I got off work. It's just I've been so busy yeah. moving in the new place and then working. Yeah. But uh, I don't think this is a movie you should watch if you're tired. And at 1130 at night. I think we're going to get to that right there. Yeah. Uh, This week, Sam and I are talking our own franchise for nomination of the franchise genre. Sam Raimi's Evil Dead franchise. Now, today we're talking about Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, or could we just call it the Evil Dead reboot? Can we just fast forward to Army of Darkness? And in the upcoming (laughs) weeks, we'll discuss each of the Evil Dead movies and decide whether this series belongs in the Pantheon franchise movies. Now, we've got two pantheons that this movie can go into. It can go into the horror pantheon, and it's eligible for the franchise pantheon. Now, in the franchise pantheon, we've got seven franchises in there already. Uh, Number one is the Tolkien Saga with a B+. That's all six Middle Earth movies. Then we've got the Toy Story franchise, which was a B+, also, followed by the MCU Infinity Saga in third place, Star Wars with a B- average in fourth place, Alien franchise with a B minus average in fifth place. Die Hard franchise uh, with a B minus in sixth place. And rounding out the seventh spot is Jurassic Park, the entire franchise that includes the Jurassic Park movies and the Jurassic World movies with an average grade of a C. Now, in the horror genre, uh, we have seven movies in there right now, and number one is Jaws with a perfect score, followed by The Exorcist with a perfect score, an A. Uh, then in third place is It Chapter One with a B plus, followed by number four, The Cabin in the Woods, a B plus. Poltergeist is in fifth place with a B. The Ring from 2002 is a B in sixth place. And last week's, or two weeks ago, the movie The Evil Dead with the seventh spot at a C plus. Now, the higher the grade we give it, the longer it may be staying there. Only a film with a higher grade can kick it out on its ass from the Pantheon in the future. So, we will discuss the movie, and in an hour or so, we will analyze it and grade it. This is a spoiler-rich podcast, so if you haven't seen Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, it's best if you stop right here, watch the movie, and then turn us back on to enjoy our discussion and uh, analysis. But now that we've handled that business, let's get to our movie of the week. This week, we're talking about 1987's Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, a movie made for $3.6 million that raked in $5.9 million. <laughs> this one hey, was rated at least, R. At least they broke even. It was rated R this sum. time. It wasn't rated X. Very true. Uh, directed by Sam Raimi, written by Sam Raimi, and comic writer Scott Spiegel, starring Bruce Campbell as Ashley J. Williams, or Ash Groovy. Uh, Sarah Barry as Annie Noby, uh, Dan Hicks as Jake, Cassie Wesley DePeva as Bobby Joe, Bobby Joe, <laughs> Ted Raimi as Possessed Henrietta. Yes, that was wait, him. Wait, 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 wait. He wait. was Possessed Henrietta. 
that fat blob that was running around the house. Uh, no way. Yep. Denise Bixler as Linda. Richard Demeyer as Ed oh, Getley. I can see it. John Peaks as Professor Raymond Noby. Lou Hancock as Henrietta Noby. And Snow Winters as that creepy ass stop motion dancer. <laughs> Let's just talk right now about Ted Raimi and his performance as possessed Henrietta. <laughs> That's the only horror aspect of this entire film. Yes, it is. It's the only part where you're just uncomfortable and it's actually, you know, horror-esque. Right. I'm not laughing at that. That, no. That's gross. But uh, let's jump into our next segment, uh, Inception to Perception, where I dig deep into the research. And there's a really cool making of on the Blu-ray of Evil Dead, too. Is it as cool as the first Evil Dead? They talk to everybody except Sam Raimi. <laughs> and they basically talk about how Sam Raimi has like, abusive asshole. like the way he had tortured them in the first movie. Like Ted Raimi's talking about him in the Henrietta suit going, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was just getting back to me for all those years where I was like doing things better than him. And then just, he's like, let's just hang him from like a, the rafters and just beat him a few times. <laughs> like a pinata. <laughs> Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies. I make films. That should be noted before we start this. Sam Raimi never wanted a sequel to this movie. Hmm. He never... Well, it kind of it shows. It's like kind of like a... Yeah, which is the hand we literally see. Yes. <laughs> uh, the concept of a sequel to The Evil Dead was discussed during location shooting on the first film. Raimi wanted to toss his hero, Ash, through a time portal back into the Middle Ages. That notion eventually led to the third installment, Army of Darkness. Now, after the release of Evil Dead, Raimi moved on to Crime Wave, which was done with Joel and Ethan Cohen. And it was supposed to be a crime slash comedy. Uh, Irvin Shapiro, a publicist who was primarily responsible for the mainstream release of the Evil Dead, suggested that they work on another Evil Dead sequel. And Raimi scoffed at the idea, expecting Crime Wave to be a hit. It wasn't. But Shapiro put out ads announcing the sequel regardless. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> After Crime Wave was released to little audience or critical reaction, in fact, I think it made like $5,000 at the box office. Uh, Ramey and Tapper, knowing that another flop would further stall their already lagging careers, took Shapiro up on his offer. Around the same time, they met Italian film producer Dino De Laurentiis the owner of production and distributing company DEG. He asked Raimi if he would direct a theatrical adapt adaptation of the Stephen King novel Thinner. Uh, Raimi turned down the offer, but De Laurentiis continued to be interested in the young filmmaker. The Thinner adaptation was part of a deal between De Laurentiis and King to produce several adaptations of King's successful horror fiction. At the time, King was directing the first such adaptation, Maximum Overdrive, and he was not successful in this movie. <laughs> It's awful. Oh, it's a gem. It's a gem, <laughs> and it's a gem in its own little way. If we ever get to the point where we can start doing like random can we shows do of Stephen like King movies, can we, can we just do Stephen King chronology? A Stephen King retrospective. Yes. <laughs> uh, we'll start with Dark Tower. I know how much you love that. Oh, we're going to start with worst and then go to best? <laughs> really? Is that one the worst? It is a steaming <laughs> pile of garbage. Even even Eldris and Matthew McConaughey's acting cannot save that film. Yeah, I, I heard that. 
Uh, he had dinner with a crew member who had been interviewed about the Evil Dead sequel and told King that the film was having trouble attracting funding. Upon hearing this, King, who had written a glowing review of the first film that helped to become an audience favorite at Cannes, called Dino and asked him to fund the film. Though initially skeptical, Dino De Laurentiis agreed after being presented with the extremely high Italian revenue for the first film. Uh, so he's going by like the, one of the smaller European <laughs> countries going, hey, we're good here. Let's just make it for everybody. Although Ramey and Tappert had desired $4 million, they were only given 3.6. That point four, you're not getting that for another Evil Dead. $400,000, you must be out of your mind. Um, wait, what was the gross on the... Uh... Was it like two point something? Oh, well, look look back on yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as such, the planned medieval storyline had to be scrapped because they couldn't afford it. Uh, though they had only recently received the funding necessary to produce the film, the script had been written for some time, having been composed largely during the production of Crime Wave. Raimi contacted his old friend Scott Spiegel, who had collaborated with Campbell and others on the super 8mm films they had produced during their childhood in Michigan. Most of these films had been comedies, and Spiegel felt that Evil Dead 2 should be less straight horror than the first. Initially, the opening sequence included all five of the original film's characters. However, in an effort to save time and money, all but Ash and Linda were cut from the final draft. The film went through several other drafts, including a group of escaped convicts holding Ash captive in the cabin while searching for buried treasure. Okay. The first film. Yes. The Evil Dead was made for $350,000, and it made $2.6 million. Yeah. Give him the point for you cheap. Bastards. Um, there's another piece of that, and that it's not just that they they didn't want to have the same five people in there. The Evil Dead was produced by one company. This was produced by a different one. They couldn't get the rights to the movie. <laughs> so they had to rewrite. Ah. <laughs> uh, that's a, why they changed the, the... Yeah, it's like the first scene when he's with Linda. Yep. It's not a dream because he walks right out through the cabin after he chops the girl's head off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I it, thought that was like a little callback dream, but it's the whole thing. Obviously, it's just like a reboot, but kind of a sequel, but it, it's a reboot, but it follows the events that happened before. <laughs> but did they? But they did. Because the Book of the Dead is not destroyed anymore. The Book anymore. of the Dead is not destroyed anymore. It's not burned. <laughs> they basically they, they eliminated the evil dead. Yes. Uh, Spiegel and Raimi mo- wrote most of the film in their house in Silver Lake, Los Angeles, California, where they were living in the aforementioned Coen brothers, as well as actors Francis McDormand, Kathy Bates, and Holly Hunter. That'd be a fun house That'd to be, be in. Fun house. <laughs> do both of the distractions of their house guests. I'm not going to do my Holly Hunter. <laughs> and the films they were involved with. <laughs> she sounds like, now I do that, she sounds like the guy who's got Mr. Hand from South Park. Hi, kids. How you Hi, doing? Kids, how you doing? <laughs> Crime Wave and Josh Becker's Thou Shalt Not Kill, except the script took a long time to finish. In fact, they finished it in Ferndale, Michigan, because Bruce Campbell talks about it on the making of, saying there were times when we were in Ferndale, Michigan, and we'd hear Spiegel and Ramey down the hall just laughing hysterically, and we were sitting there going, are they writing anything? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Spiegel was hired on as a writer after he did a, uh, a short film involving, it was Attack of the Hand. But it was the hamburger helper hand attacking a housewife. <laughs> and Wait, and they... Ramey said, that's what we're doing. <laughs> oh, my God. I, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually saw uh, this little, it was a little link on the internet to what 
the inside of the hamburger helper hand looks like, and it was like an X X ray of the hand <laughs> where the organs it was are. Some de- no, it was just some demonic hand. <laughs> but it's funny you mention that. And then wasn't there uh, what film is that? Like Idle Hands. Oh, that was with uh, Seth Green. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. They, Jessica Alba's That's first movie. Oh, yes, it is. And, mm, hello. Yes, hello. It was nice to know that I grew up with Jessica, so I could say at that time, she was hot. Um, Has anything really changed? No, no, no. She does movies like Machete now. I mean, it's fine by me. Yeah. She's our dark angel. Mm. Among the film's many inspirations included the Three Stooges and other slapstick comedy films. Ash's fights with his disembodied hand come from a film made by Spiegel as a teenager entitled Attack of the Helping Hand, uh, which was itself inspired by television commercials advertising Hamburger Helper. The laughing room scene where all the objects in the room seemingly come to life and begin to cackle maniacally along with Ash came about after Spiegel jokingly used a gooseneck lamp to visually demonstrate a Popeye-esque laugh. (laughs) Spiegel's humorous influence can be seen throughout the film, perhaps most prominently in certain visual jokes. For instance, when Ash traps his rogue hand under a pile of books, on top is a farewell to arms. Yes. A little on the nose, but funny nonetheless. Uh, While Ramey and Campbell have stated that Evil Dead 2 was intended as a direct sequel, there are continuity issues between the two movies. Uh, Yes, indeed. For example, the Necronomicon is destroyed in a fire by Ash during the conclusion of the Evil Dead, yet is intact in Evil Dead 2. There are also no traces of the bodies of Ash's friends from the first movie, and Ash attempts to escape via driving over a bridge which had previously been destroyed, which he appears not to remember. Bruce Campbell says... Well, maybe because the sun came out, <laughs> you know, maybe it would have been fixed. Bruce Campbell said that people were going to this movie and they were believing that this was a true sequel, thinking Bruce Campbell, <laughs> would, Ash was so stupid, he would go back again and not remember what happened. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the sun came out, everything was gone. Maybe it was just like, it's over. I can leave. But... The first smart decision that he ever f-ing made yeah. in these two films, instead of looking back at the the, the skull, join us, cabins, he gets in the car and takes off. Yeah, that's the first smart move he made throughout the Evil Dead. Agreed. <laughs> I can't. I, yeah, uh, but that's the thing. He's a different character at the beginning of this movie. Which, how the hell did the later characters? <laughs> Get across the crevasse. Well, they didn't. They just, re- they just rewrote it and said he, he only went up there with his girlfriend. No, 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 no. I meant like um, the, oh. the, 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 the daughter. No, they, and sa- with they the said. With a giant luggage. May- Did I fall asleep at that point? Yeah, I think so. Because when they meet up with Bobby Joe. Yeah, Bobby Joe. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy, I can't remember his name in the overalls. Uh, yeah. Yeah, anyway, he says, I know a shortcut around the bridge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just a little shortcut well, with the, the giant cliff. I, I'm not coming to your side of this logic. No. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> They're probably just like, uh, there's bound to be a short. There's always a way. A shortcut. A uh, trail. Let's see. The film's production was not nearly as chaotic or strange as the original's production. 
uh, largely because of Raimi, Tappert, and Campbell's additional filmmaking experience. However, there are nevertheless numerous stories about the strange happenings on the set. For instance, the rat seen in the cellar was nicknamed Senior Cojones by the crew. <laughs> Even so, there were hardships, mostly involving Ted Raimi's costume. Ted, director Sam, Sam's younger brother, had been briefly involved in the first film, acting as a fake shemp, but in Evil Dead 2, he gets the larger role of the historian's demonically possessed wife, Henrietta. Raimi was forced to wear a full-body latex costume, crouch in a small hole in the floor, acting as a seller, or on one day, both. Raimi became extremely overheated to the point that his costume was literally filled with liters of sweat. Special effects artist Greg Nicotero, now famous for Walking Dead, uh, describes pouring the fluid into several Dixie cups so as to get it out of the costume. <laughs> that just reminds me of Preston Lacey in the sweatsuit cocktail and Jackass. <laughs> just, just wringing out the sweat from his undercarriage. The sweat oh. is also visible on screen, dripping out of the costume's ear in the scene where Henrietta spins over Annie's head. Out of head. his ear? The crew also snuck in various in-jokes into the film itself, such as the clawed glove of Freddy Krueger, the primary antagonist of Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, which hangs in the cabin's basement and tool shed. No shit. You're going to go back and look now, are you? Yes. Uh, this was at least partially a reference to a scene in the original Nightmare, where the character Nancy Thompson dozes off watching the original Evil Dead on a television set in her room. In turn, that scene was a reference to the torn The Hills Have Eyes poster seen in the original Evil Dead film, which was itself a reference to a torn Jaws poster in The Hills Have Eyes. They just keep bringing off each other. Oh, there's the glove. Uh, at the film's rap party, the crew held a talent contest where Raimi and Campbell sang The Birds Eight Miles High with Nicotero on guitar. And that's the movie. <laughs> Not nearly as interesting as the torture that we heard from the original Evil Dead, but nonetheless interesting. Now, do you remember the first time that you saw this movie? I do. I can't remember how old I was, but dad was, uh, uh, might have been middle school-esque era, and my dad was cooking dinner, and I was just flipping through the channels, and all of a sudden, the laughing scene is on, <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just into it. Yeah. So into it. My dad comes in, you know, with the food, and he just starts saying, oh my God, this is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then we changed the channel, and I later watched it, but that's the first time I ever saw it. Yeah. For me, it was... I, I bought Evil Dead and Evil to, Dead 2 after my uncle had told me about, uh, oh, you liked Army of Darkness, check out these two. And I hated Evil Dead. And Evil Dead 2, I was like... I, I thought it was a direct sequel. And so I'm watching, I'm like, well, he went you, back you again. You tend to do that with two in the title. This was the first time when I started to see there's problems in the movie-making business. <laughs> This can't be a sequel. There's problems in this movie. What the hell? Uh, I could say Evil Dead 2 is the reason why I like to critique movies now. Okay, cool. It's, that, it started right started there. right there. Yeah. A little synopsis. Okay. What's wrong? I felt like someone just walked over my grave. It's that picture. What is that? 1300 A.D., they called this man the uh, hero from the sky. He was prophesized to have destroyed the evil. Didn't do a very good job. Can you find it? Here it is. Two passages. 
recitation of this first passage will make this dark spirit manifest itself in the flesh. Why the hell would we want to do that? Recitation of the second passage creates a kind of rift in time and space. And the physical manifestation of this dark spirit can be forced back into the rift. At least that's the best translation that I can... Huh? That's right. I'm running this show now. We're gonna go out there in them woods and look for Baba Joe. Once we find her, we're getting the hell out of here. No, you idiot! You'll kill us all. She's dead by now. Don't you understand? With these pages, at least we have a chance. Uh, we can. The first 15 minutes of this film acts as an edited account of the Evil Dead. This is not an edited account. This is a this brand is a, new this story. Is brand new. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the alternate version starts with protagonist Ash and girlfriend Linda driving to an abandoned cabin high in the mountains. Within the cabin plays a piano while Linda dances in underwear. He has recently given her a silver chain with a little magnifying glass on it. When Ash goes into another room to get a, a bottle of champagne because uh, you're a man and uh, I'm a woman, last time I checked, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he finds a reel-to-reel tape player and switches it on. The recording explains that the cabin belonged to Professor Raymond Noby, who is busy translating passages from Necronomicon Ex Mortis, called Morturum de Monto in the recording. The Mundo. The Tell, book, telemundo. The Book um, of the Dead. So I'm assuming that this is still his friend's cousin's cabin no because she says what if the owners come back and they won't it well he so how does he know how does he know where the cabin is well i don't know you knew where shit was when i'm you were critiquing a kid that... right now <laughs> he he stumbled across it when he was 11 oh just i'm just making that up by the way i was about to say in the middle of the woods miles yeah, right. and miles <laughs> Away yes. from his home My, in Tennessee actually, or this was Michigan. The, this was from the North Carolina. So they, don't ha- they didn't use the same cabin. They filmed the North Carolina this time. I still need to do a road trip out to that cabin. Morristown. Yes. Um, okay, so it's the Book of the Dead, which they find in the Castle of Kandar beside a ceremonial knife with a skull on its handle. How has nobody been to this castle besides Professor Noby? I don't know. You could spot it with an airplane, so I don't know why you couldn't spot it anywhere. <laughs> maybe they just maybe they just stumbled upon the tomb on the friendly family vacay. I don't know. I, it's, the tape says that it is through the recitation of the book's passages that this dark spirit is given license to possess the living, then proceeds to recite one of the passages, which awakens an evil force that possesses Linda. Makes sense. <laughs> If you read this, bad things will happen, and here's what you don't want to read. And then he reads. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to watch Evil Dead 2013. Yes. Yeah. God, it's, they did it so right. Yeah. Discovering Linda's disappearance, our hero ventures outside and is attacked by the now dem- <laughs> demonified Linda. Panicking, the ter- terrified Ash gets lucky and manages to decapitate the love of his life with a handy shovel. Following the murder, Mr. Williams decides to do the decent thing and buries his now headless girlfriend, keeping the silver necklace and pendant. Just God. the shovel. 
the shovel just happened to be out in the woods right where uh, he fell. Well, maybe... Well, yeah, because he didn't go back to the woodshed. He wood didn't go shed. back to the woodshed. No. And they hadn't been to that cabin in how long? Gosh, you're an upbeat lady. <laughs> Gosh, you're swell. <laughs> uh, it's at this point, the summary of the first film ends. It's not a summary. Stop saying it's that. Not, it's not a re- <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. They condensed the first film into 15 minutes. There it is. Well done. It, it, for, you know what? I will say this. It is very well done. For doing that, yes. Now well you just, done. Now you just call it Evil Dead, Dead by Dawn. You don't call it Evil Dead 2. 2. Dead by Dawn. Yeah. You'll just confuse people for the next 25 years. Yep. It ends as the evil force sweeps through the woods and cabin and spins the stressed ash through the woods, possessing him. And this is where you know what kind of move you're in. Yes. <laughs> Immediately. It, it goes definitely from horror possession to... We're going to do a horror comedy. Do, yeah, this is going to be funny. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, the sun comes up and drives away the Kandarian demon. The mist in the woods retreats into various trees and the cloudiness from Ash's eyes, leaving Ash perfectly healthy, if not a little depressed. He has a little nap in the woods. <laughs> That is lovely. <laughs> Looking at the cabin, Ash sees a face superimposed on it, and hears a voice saying, What's funny about this one is... The eyes. Besides the eyes, is like, I, I feel as though they like the guy who did this choked or started to laugh. <laughs> no, because there's seriously a little thing in between join and us yeah. that's not supposed to be there. It's, it's like, like join, join us. us. <laughs> he had some acid reflux yeah. happening in the yeah. middle of the line. <laughs> Looking at the cabin, Ash sees a face superimposed on it, and hears a voice saying join us. Ash bravely clambers into his Oldsmobile and makes a dash for freedom, only to find that the bridge is now destroyed. The bridge that was destroyed earlier is still destroyed. Yes. Uh, although he does not know that because it wasn't destroyed before he got there in this movie. Yeah. Um, presumably by evil forces. The sun goes down rapidly, and yet again, the evil pursues him. Branches whipping him into his face, a tree stump stopping the car abruptly, enough to send Ash flying out the windshield to have his face stopped by a tree. The guy's invincible. He can take a beating. Well, from what I heard from the making of, he worked out every single morning, and they, he had a stunt double, and the only time the stunt double was used was when he fell through the stairs head first. Huh. Other than that, Bruce Campbell did all of the stunts himself. Nice. And they show like re, like uh, background footage of him flipping himself in the kitchen, you know, throwing himself all over the place. And they, they're like, he did this like 12, 13 times and just did it like differently every single time. And he would get up bruised, but smiling. <laughs> that's, just, that's just such a Bruce Campbell thing, I feel. Uh, the, okay, so Amazing. yeah. insane. Uh, he runs the rest of the way through the woods to the cabin, and the pursuit continues through these nine doors between ten rooms and an unfinished hallway in the small cabin. I love the scene. <laughs> it's so bad, but so f-ing funny. I could see Sam Raimi going, "Okay, Bruce, we're just going to follow you, you with the camera. Just, just go in whatever direction you want. We'll follow you." Yeah, <laughs> but it's a small cabin. F-ing, it's how are they chasing rooms? him through the rooms in the house? <laughs> the entire house, and he stops to check each <laughs> each door. He's like, oh. Oh, oh. My guess is that was actually Bruce right there looking back going, wait, are you guys okay? Because I'm going through some pretty tight spaces. <laughs> uh, it is a cool shot, though. Oh, 
very much it is, so. It may be my favorite shot in the entire movie is him running through the house like that. Because uh, I didn't know the house was that big. <laughs> yeah, you never, you never knew. You got to see the whole entire set. But he never looks down, which is usually where you'd see the markers. You know, no, he just runs. But there's a part where he runs like behind the wall at one point. You're like, yeah. how do you even know it was there? <laughs> from the first movie. Probably. Well, what did they do? Move the entire cabin from Morristown to North Carolina? I don't know. But <laughs> they, they did crawl through the cross. They crawled through the wall in the first movie. Oh, okay. Uh, I am. Uh, there's just one consistency. Okay, we found it. <laughs> it doesn't line up with the story at all, but... He evades it by hiding under a trap door, and the evil presence continues back outside and retreats into the woods. At an airport, change of scenery, Annie Noby arrives by plane with 3,000-year-old pages of the Book of the Dead and is picked up by her boyfriend, Ed Gently. They start their drive to the... <laughs> yes, his name is Gently. No, I'm talking about... The, uh, oh, so the, the Book of the Dead's missing pages? Yeah. How do you know? And, how, where, and where would you find this... <laughs> Oh, it's not in the same castle? It, do we find out an Army of Darkness? I don't remember. Do they pull out pages before he, they I, send him back? Dude, I haven't watched Army of Darkness in over a <laughs> decade. All I remember is the book biting Ash. Oh, in his hand? Yes. Yeah, which we get again today. Well, not the book. We get ahead. Yeah. They start their drive to the cabin to join her father. Now, following a manly little nap, our terrified and bloodied hero wakes in an armchair to piano music and finds that the piano is playing itself. The music must remind him of Linda as he, as he takes the silver necklace from his pocket. Some boards barricading a window fall, and looking outside, he sees the Linda's grave marker fall over and her headless and already badly decomposed corpse reanimate and dance. After mere hours. Yes, and regain its much fresher head, which can conveniently keep facing in one direction while the body spins around many times. Her moves include seductively straddling a tree limb. She... <laughs> She then vanishes into the dark, leaping like a ballerina, <laughs> and then reappears just outside the window and grabs Ash, telling him to dance with her. After being slammed into the window, barricade several times, he breaks free and Linda's head falls off again. This is the goofy shit. <laughs> Hands go through the thing and it's just yes. hitting him in the head yes. with words. <laughs> I like that crap. I don't oh, no, know why. It's great. it's great. But I only like it when Bruce does it. In any other movie, I would hate oh, this. Oh, it's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's Evil Dead. I don't know. Bruce is a great actor. He's something. He knows how to sell pain. <laughs> like when he chugs the hot chocolate in Army of Darkness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, little fellow. I, I want he, some hot chocolate. <laughs> I bet he's just, he's just perfect. He's the perfect cast member for any Sam Raimi film. Because yes. he will take the beating and get up smiling. Yep. He was in all three uh, Raimi Spider-Mans. What? Did I miss that? Probably. Um, okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Ash discovers that he is back in the chair, screaming. Apparently he's hallucinating. Was the dancing corpse a dream? The window barricade seems intact. Suddenly, Linda's smiling head drops into Ash's lap, says, Hello, lover, and bites hard into his right hand between thumb and forefinger. You noticed something, didn't you? Oh, no. It was, it was Bruce Campbell and Spider-Man. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> in fact, in Spider-Man 2, I believe he's the person who tells Peter Parker he can't go into the uh, uh, to watch her perform at her play. Oh, yeah. Because he, he was late. That's right. <laughs> yeah, in the first movie, he was uh, the announcer for Bone 
Yes, he was. Yes. So yeah, hello, lover. But then the head is stuck on his hand. Yes. He reaches for the spot on the tool. Oh, he runs to the woodshed and clamps yes. it in a vice, causing it to release its grip, and it starts to mock Ash, who has already had a trying day. He reaches for the spot on the tool shelf marked for the chainsaw, but it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> the and then the headless corpse just <laughs> runs in with it. Doesn't know where it's going. No. <laughs> <laughs> Attacks Ash with the chainsaw, but he deflects it with a crowbar, and the corpse clumsily saws itself. itself. It's, and then it's just running around, <laughs> spraying blood everywhere. This is the the head is like, are you? And that's the one of the funnier parts is the head is like, are you serious right now? Yeah, we're t- what? Pull yourself together. <laughs> head, I'm over here. Body, I'm over here. What do you do? He pries the chainsaw from the body. And the detached arm still holding in, and yanks on the pull start cord. Suck on this. The head, looking much nicer, begs not to be hurt, then spews black bile and turns evil again, and Ash destroys it. She's obviously gotten on Ash's bad side, and she's got she, she gets no further burial. <laughs> You're stuck in a vice now. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine being the owners of that house? You go home and oh, I'm gonna go to the workshed, honey. There's a head in your vice. Black bile pulling out of the mouth. <laughs> a corpse of the chainsaw stuck in it. That'd be good. Yeah. Upon returning to the cabin and trading the chainsaw for a double barrel shotgun and a handful of extra shells, Ash is further frightened by an unseen entity moving the rocking chair and moaning. It stops when he brings his right hand near it. Dropping the shotgun, he tries to console himself by telling his reflection in the mirror that everything is fine. One of my favorite parts is just <laughs> everything it's, is not it's, fine. It's every, we just cut our girlfriend's head off. <laughs> it's funny. But at the same time, that's one of the better, at least I think, one of the better um, effects. Not effects, just the fact that he's lost his mind. Okay, the better his insanity. Uh, I want to say pictorials, pictorials of his insanity of someone just that is lost and lost their mind. Oh yeah, and, I, I, and then the laughing scene just makes it. We're getting there. <laughs> However, his reflection suddenly comes to life, leans out of the mirror, and contradicts, contradicts him, laughing at Ash's predicament and then throttling Ash before vanishing, leaving Ash holding himself by the throat. He taps the mirror with his right hand, but it is just an ordinary mirror again. Dark veins radiate outwards from the bite wounds on the edge of Ash's right hand as it mutates and grows longer fingernails, and he begins to move around under its own control and make strange laughing noises, then starts attacking Ash by grabbing his face. He holds it down and screams to be given back his hand. Give me back my hand! <laughs> Give me back my hand, you bastards! Now, I got a question. Army of Darkness, they do the hand bit again in there. Yeah. Because doesn't when he swallows the little guy, doesn't the little guy try to take control of his body? I believe so. Yeah. So they just keep rehashing the same idea. It's funny. It's great. And getting better and better each time. Oh, yeah. Ash try, oh no, a- Annie and Ed's drive is blocked by workman Jake putting a barricade in front of the destroyed bridge. Workman Jake. Bobby Joe, leaning on their car, says there isn't any other road that leads there, and Jake points out that there is a trail through the woods and that they would, and that they would lead them there for $40. No. $100. <laughs> and he says, sure. No. Oh, I thought, oh, see, I thought it went $4,500. <laughs> if they also carry the luggage and Sly grins all around. <laughs> Little did he know. And then we're, we're all just sitting there going, let's just get back to Ash. Let's see what he's doing. 
Well, Ash tries drowning his evil hand. <laughs> you just see well, Sam, right? Sam got... just put his eyeball on the... We'll get to an eyeball scene later. That's fun. <laughs> you try to drown something that doesn't breathe, that doesn't breathe yet it, it, does make, it does make noises somehow. You try to drown your hand. Yeah, truly amazing. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> he tries to drown his hand, and it smashes crockery over his head and bangs his head into the sink, hits him, and flips him onto the floor. <laughs> After a few more plates and bottles, it spots a cleaver and starts to drag Ash's unconscious body towards it. But Ash wakes up, stabs his own hand, pinning it to the floor, and hacks it off with the very chainsaw he used only moments ago to carve his lover to pieces. He starts it by pulling the rope with his teeth. Who's laughing now? <laughs> And he binds the stump of his arm with cloth and duct tape. Which looks great the rest of the film. Yes. Did, from, a, did a great job uh, back stopping to, the bleeding. Back to the other people. Annie Ed and Bobby Joe are proceeding through the dark woods, trailed by Jake struggling along a huge trunk. And back to Ash. <laughs> <laughs> Ash traps his amputated hand under a tin in a few books, but it escapes and hides inside the wall. Ash fires several shells into the wall, and the hand taunts him, then gets its thumb caught in a rat trap. <laughs> takes that off and gives Ash the one-finger salute. <laughs> After several more shots, you know what's funny? Is reading this is funnier than the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, now you understand why the, the two director and uh, writer were laughing their ass off. Oh, yeah. After several more shots, the walls begin to bleed, then spew like fire hoses, spraying ash and covering the entire room in blood. Suddenly, the blood turns black and then vanishes back into the walls. Ash sits on a chair that breaks under his weight. An evil-looking deer head mounted on the wall suddenly begins to laugh at ash and other items in the house, such as lamps, cabinets, and books join in. Ash, who appears to be losing his sanity, laughs along with them. The laughter ends abruptly when Ash hears movement outside the front door and unloads the shotgun into it. <laughs> I honestly cannot uh, disagree with any decision that Ash has made so far. No. If I was going, if, if this was going on, I would be doing stupid things like trying to drown my hand. Probably. I mean, now, would you chop your hand off with a chainsaw? I mean, would you chop your hand off with a curfew, uh, a turkey gra- a turkey carver? <sighs> be faster, wouldn't it? If you brought up enough speed, otherwise you're just hacking away. And uh, I feel like, uh, I think turkey grinder, turkey carver would be worse. Yeah. but I don't know. Well, but in the say in the 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 future reboot, um, <laughs> she seemed like in excruciating pain. I don't know. Well, the people at the door that Ash has just shot through are, are Annie, Noby, Professor Noby's daughter, who has pages of the Necronomicon with her, boyfriend Ed Gently, who's not really important as he'll be hacked to pieces within 15 minutes, and their two redneck guides, Jake and his honey, Bobby Joe. Ash shoots through the door, clearly on his last nerve, the result in grazing Bobby Joe. Ed and Jake beat Ash as Annie notices the absence of her parents in the cabin. After seeing the blood of the chainsaw and on Ash, they come to the conclusion that he killed Annie's parents. The four newcomers throw Ash into the fruit cellar. And now we're back at the Evil Dead again. Yes. Five people in a cabin and one person's in a cellar. (laughs) 
Annie, Ed, Jake, and Bobby Joe listen to the recordings of Professor Nobis, where they learn that Noby killed Henrietta, Annie's mother, after she became possessed and buried her body in the fruit cellar. <laughs> Surprisingly, Ted Ra Henrietta rises from the grave and attacks the luckless Ash. The other four take pity on him and release him from his basement prison, hauling him out by his head and force the demon wife into the cellar, although the procedure results in Jake getting grabbed by the face. Ed similarly grabbed and thrown into the wall, and Bobby Joe getting a mouthful of flying eyeballs. <laughs> Fortunately, Henrietta's locked underground, though. But the eyeball flying through the air, another Sam Raimi thing. Following something going, and you see the background just flying by. Uh, That's yeah. a Sam Raimi shot. He ain't done yet. Mm. Mm -mm. It takes human form and tries to persuade Annie to let it out. That's also right. Also got its eye back. She's a crafty Kendarian demon. Ash sees through this trick, grabs Annie, and shakes his head. This sheer act of manliness overwhelms Annie and makes her say, that thing in the cellar is not my mother. At this point, it becomes apparent that Ed, too, has rudely become possessed, levitating, and even more rudely takes a bite out of Bobby Joe's hair and tells them all that they will be dead by dawn. Other corpsoids join in on the chant. Jake is thrown up and breaks a light bulb with his head. Ash appears to flee at this point and receives a shouting from Annie. But lo and behold, our hero has not fled. And as the others have been frozen with fear, Ash returns brandishing an axe. He hacks Ed to pieces, told you, spraying green slime everywhere. Where'd the green slime come from? <laughs> Dude, we got black bile, red blood, and green slime. It makes <laughs> sense. Just keep rolling with it. In a lull, Jake notices through the barricaded window that the trail they came in on just ain't there no more. The clock's pendulum stops suddenly. It's so quiet. For a moment. Following some unconvincing sound effects, the spirit of the professor appears ghost-like before them and says that the pages Annie possesses are the key to dispelling the evil dead. Bobby? Did he die in the house? The professor? Yeah. I think so. Then why isn't he possessed? I don't know. Why is he like the helpful, happy ghost? Wouldn't it be a fun little twist if it was actually his face that was what the Necronomicon's face was? Join us. That, that one? Professor No... They, like, it was just a regular book, and Professor Novi's face is the one that stretched over that book. Uh, ooh, yeah. Yeah, there we go. I like where you're going with that. <laughs> Call me up, Sam. Okay. Remy. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Joe then discovers Ash's possessed disembodied hand holding hers, and she screams and knocks down their only oil lamp and runs into the forest where she is attacked and killed by the trees. Another tree attack. By the way, the trees are pretty badass in this. Oh, yeah. When they, I think uh, no, we're not beating down the cabin yet. No, not yet. Okay. But, yeah, they go full two towers on it. It's great. Yeah. Annie and Ash find a drawing in the pages of the book she brought along, which depicts a hero in 1300 AD, said to have dispelled the evil. The hero appears as a figure with a chainsaw-like hand and a boomstick. Hysterical with yes. fear for Bobby Joe, Jake picks up the shotgun and brandishes it at the others. Ash tries to convince Jake that Bobby Joe is, every, uh, is dead. But Jake grows furious and throws the book pages into the cellar and forces everyone to go after her. Outside, the trees are moving, and not the way they would in a wind. The group goes into the woods, only to discover that the trail has disappeared. A demon rushes them, again possessing Ash, and throws Jake into a tree. Ash chases Amy, or Annie back to the cabin. She grabs the bone dagger from the first movie and accidentally stabs Jake as he is trying to get back into the cabin. <laughs> There's so much and that... Then Tucker and Dale took a lot from this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's great. Um, I love... 
Oh, she's trying to slam the door. And uh, work boy Ed, or what the f- he's called, is just getting the door slammed on him <laughs> multiple times. She kicks him a few times, she too. She kicks him a few times, like, get out of the way! She has to pull Jake's body inside so that she can shut the door. Ash pounds on the door, then suddenly stops. Annie removes the dagger from Jake and then drags him to a safer place, right next to the cellar door, where, of course, Henrietta pops up and drags him in headfirst to kill him. Annie is hosed by a tsunami of blood. <laughs> Ash, now here's the funny part. She's hosed, but when she stands up in oh, the next yeah. shot, she's only completely got clean. No, yeah, she's, <laughs> I noticed that. Just a couple of blood splatters here and there. There's a few editing issues with this movie. <laughs> At, like there's like like when he finds the pages in the in the cellar and they're soaking wet, he stands up. They're now dry. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, At, the book can't be burned. The book probably can't be you know wet. Wet. Oh. But that's in the 2013 version. So I don't know. We'll get there. Yeah. Ash attacks Annie, accidentally ripping her necklace off her neck. As she lays unconscious, Ash looks at the necklace and reverts to his normal self after being reminded of Linda. After convincing a terrified. After, after convincing a terrified, axe-wielding Annie that he is no longer possessed, Ash and Annie agree to vanquish the evil together for which they'll need those pages in the basement. Oh, great. Let's go back down there again. This calls for an awesome montage. Yes! The Sam the, Raimi the montage. The hero! The hero is born! Every Sam Raimi movie now, after this, has a scene that is just like this in it. Oh, that's great. The, in, in Spider-Man 2 is the most famous one I can think of beyond this, where they're doing the surgery on Doc Ock. Yeah. And they do those close-ups of all the tools. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then the horror happens, and you, they do full-on close-ups again throughout the horror. Um, as Ash uses his technical know-how to convert the chainsaw into a chainsaw hand, fitting firmly on his amputated stump and sawing the end of his shotgun. The scene ends up with a close-up of his rugged face, and he announces, This establishes that the previous coward has become a lean, mean, deadite slaying machine. When did this come out? This movie? Yeah. 1980-something? Like mid or late or early? Uh, I'm going back right now to see. It was uh, 87. So this is long past... The time for groovy oh, yeah. to be used. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Long past it. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. People associate groovy now with two people, Austin Powers and Ash. And Ash. Yes. That's it. And honestly, it depends on which kind of fan you are. I use groovy sometimes. You're a groovy baby. Exactly. Yeah. But then when I forget something really cool, I pull an Ash groovy. I don't go, oh, groovy. I go, groovy. <laughs> Ash and Annie return to the cabin where Ash cuts the cellar doors in half and enters the cellar and finds the pages strewn about the floor, seemingly leading him deeper into the darkness. Henrietta leaps out of the cellar door and attacks Annie. Ash emerges from the cellar and begins fighting with flying Henrietta. He has the upper hand until Henrietta transforms into a more vicious demonic form. Ash is saved when Annie distracts Henrietta by singing a lullaby that Henrietta sang to her when she was a girl. While Henrietta is focused on Annie... Ash uses his chainsaw to decapitate and dismember the demon, then deals the final blow by delivering a shotgun blast to its head. I'll swallow your soul. Swallow this. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. Annie and Ash have a tender hugging moment, and then the trees attack. (laughs) Annie takes the pages and begins translating the text to manifest the evil, which appears in the form of a large bloody head covered in the faces of those it has possessed, and the power to wilt flowers. Okay. 
Uh, while Ash is grabbed by tree branches and brought closer to the creature, which he tries to fend off, the chainsaw in its eye seems to irritate it. Annie recites the incantation to rid the earth of the evil. A large vortex opens up just outside the cabin, gravitating everything around into it, including Ash's car, a large tree, and the evil itself. Annie is then stabbed in the back by Ash's severed hand with the bone knife. With her dying breaths, she speaks the last words of the incantation, and the giant head and its tree hands are sucked into the vortex before it disappears. Ash is left in the cabin with Annie's body for a moment before the door is ripped away, showing that the vortex is still there. Ash is sucked in along with trees and many items from the cabin. Ash, his car, and a tree fall from the sky and land on a large block of rock. He looks up and finds himself surrounded by armored and mounted medieval knights. The knights are about to attack Ash when a winged demonic creature swoops down from the sky. By the way, everything you're about to see will not actually happen in Army of Darkness. They're going to rewrite that part too. (laughs) (laughs) One knight, uh, and he, he reaches for a shotgun and blows the creature's head off. The knights gather around Ash as he prepares to defend himself. One knight then lifts his faceplate and declares... Hail he who hath fallen from the sky to deliver us from the terror of the deadites. The army of medieval warriors then fall uh, fall to their knees and begin chanting hail as Ash realizes that he is, in fact, the prophesied hero from the sky. The film closes with Ash shaking his head in disbelief and screaming, No! As the camera pans out to show the large army that now awaits Ash's command. And that's the end of the movie. (laughs) According to the good people at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato made reading of 98%. <laughs> I, I love this movie. It's like, like I love The Room and like I love Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yep. I love this movie. Uh, I like it way better than the first one. No, I shouldn't say way better. I like it much better than the first one, mm-hmm. but I don't love it like that. No, no, this is... Okay, it has an 8 out of 10 rating. Now, I'm curious as to how many of these critics are retroactively looking at it going, no, this is a cult film, it's amazing, I love this film, and they just come up with their bias. This is not a 98... Well, The Room is a cult film too, but it's god-awful. Yeah, because the audience score is a 3.8 out of 5, with 89% agreeing it's fear higher. I'd say that's a fair... I'd say it's close. As far as film goes, that's fair. Let's go into, did the awards get it right? Well, it didn't win any awards, so we're not going to do that. <laughs> it got nothing. No nominations, no nothing. Uh, thanks a lot, Golden Globes. You could have done this stuff. To be fair? Fair. I would say so. Yeah, <laughs> this is not award worthy. Sam, what did you think after watching this film? <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it improved uh, what it didn't do right with the first movie. It worked on and it, it, it improved is not the word I would use, but I, accepted their identity. That could have been better. <laughs> yeah. 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 If, if, if this was 1983, I think I would be even nicer to this film. Oh, absolutely. But it's 87. Things have happened, special effects-wise, since then. <laughs> hey, they didn't have that point four. That, that $400,000 could have made all the difference in the world. Yep. Um, I thought it was definitely an improvement over the last film. Yeah. 
like they they took what they uh what they failed to do in the first one. Well, no, they didn't really fail, but they just they just took what they didn't do well in the first one and made it better into a reboot. I guess ish sequel. Can we call this a rebake? Rebake, yeah. Reboot, remake. Yes, it's a rebake. Yes, a rebake. <laughs> a rehash. Uh, well, let's do our top three, bottom three here. This is where we pick our top three things we love or scenes we like in this movie, and then we choose three things we dislike about the film and or that we find the weakness. But let's start with the good things, the positives. Sam, what are your top three? My top three, uh, number three, is the scene where Ash seemingly loses his mind <laughs> and the exchange in the, in the mirror and then the laughing after he falls in the chair. Um, that was the first scene I ever saw of this movie. Okay. I, it stuck with me. It still does. Yeah. Um, whenever I see any mantelpiece, that's all I can think about is just it laughing and cackling. It's great. Just that wide mouth. It's great. Um, number two would be embracing the over the top humor and just being ridiculous. Just going all out. Just going literally all out balls of the wall, middle finger to the studio. Yeah. I don't want this film, but you do. So <laughs> this, is what you, this is what you're going to get. This is what you're going to get for not giving us $400,000. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then number one is finally Ash becomes the lean, mean, groovy killing machine. Yes. That, that setup and him sawing off his chainsaw, sawing off the butt of the chainsaw or the, the, the hand, the hand. Oh, it's just great. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, my number three, uh, the sense of humor is embraced. Uh, they could have gone two ways on this. They could have gone, let's just do horror, let's do humor, and they, I'm glad they went humorous. Yeah, I don't think they would have done as good a job if it was horror. No. It'd be real bad. My number two is just like yours. Bruce Campbell is unleashed, yes. and he does it well. Yes. Uh, in fact, Bruce Campbell's one of those guys that he Linda Blaired himself. And that True. he couldn't play anything else True. other than this. I mean, we, yeah, people are sitting there going, well, Briscoe County was awesome. Stop it, okay? <laughs> Nobody was watching USA back then. And my number one... If you're going to rewrite a movie, best to keep it simple. Yes. Cut the number of people from five to two and keep some of Campbell's sanity. Good job remaking that first movie in 15 minutes. Uh, but now we're on to the bottom three. Yep. Sam, what are your bottom three? <laughs> I'm curious what your third one is because there's nothing there. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just going to say the movie in general. As harsh as that is. The, if, if I'm critiquing... You need to tell me how this is going to work. I'm, if I'm critiquing... The movie in general is one of your bottom three. If I'm... Like, like I said, like I said, I love The Evil Dead 2. I love this movie. Yeah. Like I love Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like I love The Room. You love that it exists. I love that it exists. It makes me laugh. <laughs> it's hysterical. It's over the top. I love it. Yeah. But... This is a film and movie podcast yep. where we critique we do. and talk about it. Uh-huh. This movie is awful. <laughs> this movie is horrid. But but <laughs> this is you great later. This is yeah. this is absolutely Sam Raimi's I don't want this but you're making me do it. <laughs> and it's hysterical. Yeah. It's fantastic. So number three, yes, overall, this movie does not work. It does. It's not a sequel. It's not really a reboot. It we doesn't don't know, know what the hell this is. It doesn't know what it is. 
And then it gets even more confusing in the next one. Yes, it it's, does. It has more of an identity crisis. As far as films go... No, the, the, the third one is all comedy. It is yes, not a it's, horror No, movie. yeah, exactly. <laughs> they completely go in a, the humor direction. So, <laughs> number three is the movie in general. It's horrible. <laughs> number two, it drags at points. There's some times where it just goes a little too long. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's, this is ridiculous. And now it's getting ridiculous. Number one, it's for trying to be horror humor. It just, it's a little too ridiculous with the special effects and obviously some of the editing, but I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's 2017 and those effects are so dated. Mm -hmm. Um, They make me laugh and I love it. (laughs) Yeah. It gets a little too ridiculous at times. Okay. My number three. Like, sorry, the Evil Dead one. Yeah. The effects were just God awful, but actually, you know, the ankle is just, some of the effects are really bad, but they work. But it was a horror, and it, 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 it it's freaky. Yeah. Like, the girl that's laughing still scares the shit out of me. I still have that sound on here, too, by the way. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, my number three is, there are points where this movie gets a little long in the tooth. Because it's kind of like the Bourne movies with me, where if it's action nonstop, I get bored. No, that's the thing. It's like, it's too ridiculous. It just keeps going yeah. and going and going and going and going. And maybe that's the point. You're supposed to get tired and feel that tiredness as he does, but I don't want to feel insane in the theater. <laughs> uh, my number two, bigger budget, but some of the special effects actually looked better in the low budget original. That's, yeah, that's what I was like. Even with the ankle, yeah, like it's grotesque. I know they were trying to mess with stop motion a little bit, and okay, it's yeah. eighty-seven though. Yeah. It, um, and then my number one, this movie makes the Evil Dead irrelevant in the overall narrative. Oh yeah. And I guess there are good things and bad things about that. Um, I now, I think when I tell people to watch this group of movies and then the TV show, I would tell them, watch Army of Darkness. Because Army of Darkness gives you another five-minute intro as to how he got there. Uh, that cuts <laughs> some, <laughs> some pieces away again. Uh, but... You watch that, you kind of watch this in reverse. You watch Army of Darkness, then you watch Evil Dead 2, and you go, hey, do you want to see the, the student film that made Evil Dead 2? Watch the Evil Dead. It influenced <laughs> other films? Yes. So that's my number one, is that it, it's, the Evil Dead is irrelevant. I think, here's the thing, they should rename this, retitle this, just Evil Dead, or, Dead by Dawn. Or just Dead by Dawn. Or just Dead by Dawn, yeah. Don't call it Evil Dead 2. Well, he didn't want the sequel, so I'm sure the studio was like, all right, this is what we're going to call it, Evil yeah. Dead 2. Um, and that's when they got the skull with the eyes. That, was, that, that was the first uh, advertisement. They didn't even approve of that. They were like, this is what's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you not think of a comedy now? <laughs> but uh, it's time for the audience. Who's the audience for this movie, Sam? Um, I say fans of the original. Mm-hmm. Um, they also want they just want to see what happens to Ash. Um, people who like over-the-top comedy but also cult followers. Do you think some of those fans were upset that they rewrote the history in this? Very. Yeah. Very. I was, but I think that's a very, very, very small amount of yeah, fans. I, and I'm going to change what I wrote here. I said, if you like the first one, you'll love the second. If you like Army of Darkness, you will like this movie. If you like Evil Dead 2, you will you like will, The Evil Dead. That's the order you need to watch these in to appreciate okay. these movies. 
Otherwise, you'll get pissed off at the constant rewriting. True. True. Um, okay, movie report card time. Sam, after your number three on that list of the movie was a bottom three, uh, I can't wait to hear what your report card grade is here. What you got? Okay, so I'm going to give two grades. Oh, two? Oh, two oh, grades. Are we going to average them? Yes. Okay, let's average, average your two grades. So I believe I gave The Evil Dead a B minus last time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as a personal, like, critiquing, like, Rocky Horror, I give that an A. Okay. It's amazing. I love it. The Room, I give it a B because it's just so bad. <laughs> and nothing can make that movie in an A, no matter how funny it is. Um, or the production, and I can't wait to see the James Franco mm-hmm. disaster artist. So, from a personal, this is outside of the the podcast grading. I give this. Well, that's what the buy it, bin it, sell it is. Huh? When we do buy it, bin it, that's yeah. your enjoyment factor. Well, yeah, but I can give a different grade. It's a different grade than what I give it, as far as critiquing goes. Okay, all right. So I give this an A minus. It's not a perfect day. Yeah. B plus A minus. Yeah. Um, it makes me laugh. I can always watch it. It's just so over the top, and I love over the top things and going way across the line. Now, as far as a critiquing goes. That's the grade I'm going to use. This is the grade you're gonna, we're going to yeah. use. This is a D. <laughs> <laughs> and this is so... I did not see that this coming is, this is This is a D. It's... So bad, <laughs> you you rewrote the first movie completely out. Then you take it to a vortex to medieval times. Which what country was the castle in? Do you remember? They never tell you the country. Oh, okay, so they just happen to be in England in a desert. I'm guessing it's an alternate universe. Is planet. there a desert in England? Sure, why not? So wait, you're giving this a D minus? You said. This is a D minus. A D. Wow, it, that close to failing. Yeah, it's not. Okay. It's not an utter failure. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. This. Okay. Okay. So D minus. This movie doesn't know what it is. <laughs> um, it's a good. It's a good first step into the horror. In, it's it's the first horror oh, comedy. Horror comedy, right? Yep. So they did a great job, but they're still just. There's not a good balance. Yeah. Um, like, it's more comedy than horror. Yeah. Like Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Yeah, Tucker and Dale versus uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil versus Evil. Oh yeah, perfect. Cabin in the Woods. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun perfect. of the Dead. Perfect. All three of those movies. Perfect. That. In fact, can we say that that could be the trilogy of horror comedies that you must see? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So my grade is a, I'll give it a D. Okay, you're going D. I'll give it a D. So with A minus and a D mm-hmm. converging, I give this a C plus. Okay, all right. So C plus. C plus. C plus is your final critique grade. Yes, because... Okay. Because this is the critique uh, the evil, portion. The so. Evil Dead, I think, was a better film. Okay. It's kind of like Alien and Aliens. 
we're not going to get into this argument. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. We've already had that show. That's why I'm here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is tough. This it's, is tough. It's real tough. This is exactly. tough. I had to give two grades because I have a deep love for this movie, but this movie is awful. And I also have a love-hate relationship with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> On the one hand, I love that it embraces horror comedy as a genre. It mixes minimal scares with shtick so well, it practically reinvents the genre. Uh, the movie is much more gory and, and has much better acting in it than the first. The line reading is improved. The direction is better. The lighting is better. The production value is better. Everything for the most part, for the most part, is better. On the other hand, this movie completely erases a cult classic in The Evil Dead. In the first 10 minutes, they rewrite the first movie in, quote, last time we saw Ash Montage, <laughs> as though the audience is stupid and won't remember the first film. Honestly, when I first saw this, my first thought was, why is Ash going back to the cabin. I really don't know why they didn't just start this movie off with Ash being attacked by the force the way the first movie ended. But I have to nick at points for this. Oh no, maybe it's because they needed the Book of the Dead to still be there. I don't know. But I've got to nick at points for this. Even though it's a great movie, it is too early to reboot a franchise that has only had one movie in the line. That being said, if there's a movie that you want people to start with in regards to the Evil Dead franchise, I tend to point towards the second film over the first. Start with Evil Dead 2, and then after you finish Army of Darkness, go back to see the Evil Dead to see where it all started story-wise. But now I've got to revamp that for what I just said, which is now I want people to watch Army of Darkness first, then go and watch Evil Dead 2, then go and watch Evil Dead. It's the only franchise I can think of that where I'm like, just watch it in reverse order. It'll make sense. Uh, so I gave the Evil Dead, the first movie, a C-. minus. Yes. I'm definitely going to give this one a boost. Okay. Uh, I'm going with a B- minus on this one. Not much of a boost. <laughs> a boost. A boost. There are better horror comedies out there. And I get that this is one of the first, so you have to, quote, give it its due. But I'm grading these for casual fans out there. Y you could probably do better. This is a fantastic starting point, though. Uh, so I'm going to go B minus. So we have B minus and C plus. So we're going we're to go down and go C plus. Oh, I was going to say just go up and do B minus. I was, I, well, because you had the lower other grade, D minus, I say we... Okay. Go for the, so we're going to say overall it is a C plus between the both of us, which I think is damn fair. Look, it's a 3.5 out of 5. It, it's, oh my God, we did that, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, it's a 3.5 out of 5. So C plus overall. If this movie was released on Blu-ray, would you buy it, bin it, stream it, borrow it, or forget about it? Liam? I mean, like uh, I said in the first uh, Evil Dead podcast, I'm going to buy the whole collection. Yeah. I'm just going to have it there. If only it came in a whole collection. Um, <laughs> it's that enjoyable. It, 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 yeah, it's, yeah, I buy it. I'm buying it. Till, yeah. yeah, again, I'm an Evil Dead fan, and this is a legitimate next step. Yeah. Uh, so it's better than the first movie, and if you want to enjoy Ash vs. Evil Dead on uh, Stars, you need to watch the Evil Dead movies. They're great. This is a great one also. I, cool. It's funny. Yes. Well, that's all we've got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next show, we will look at 1992's Army of Darkness to round out the Evil Dead franchise. After that, we only got one more, and that's 2013's remake or reboot or whatever it is of Evil Dead. But 
You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. Give us a four or five star review. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and follow our Instagram. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review and no infringement is intended. Thanks for listening and happy movie watching. <laughs>